Happy Jack's RPG Podcast, a roundtable discussion that's a mix of friendship, humor, unbridled enthusiasm, and tabletop RPG topics sent in from around the world. Just for another Hello, and welcome to Season 31, Episode 1 of the Happy Jack's RPG Podcast. My name is Kimmy. Oh, hi, I'm Courtney. I'm Jay. And I'm Kadeem. In today's episode, Batman what? Uh, writes in about their first TPK, 40 years into TTRPGs. I mean, you know, wait, make it, savor it. you got to wait till you're with someone special. Yeah, exactly. You know? Build up that epic. Yeah. TPK. Yeah, <laughs> or wait for the right party. Yeah, yeah. 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 Group of players. Kill them all. <laughs> Jolene writes in with a LARP horror story, and Steven SoCal asks about problematic powers that mess with player agency and enjoyment. If you'd like to contribute a question or topic to the show, you can email us at happyjacksrpg at gmail.com. That's happyjacksrpg at gmail.com. And please write in because we need some emails. Like, we took a break for two weeks, and... All of you took breaks for two weeks, too, and decided you weren't going to write anything in. So please start writing in emails. <laughs> Thank you. It was our vacation, not yours. All right. Homework. Homework. Welcome to season 31. You have assignment already. Uh, anyway, uh, announcements. Welcome to season 31. We're going to be starting something new this season that we're going to try. Um, starting in November. That's in two weeks. About two weeks-ish. A week. Wow. Yeah. Um, and we're going to start having an indie designer of the month. So each month we will be featuring a designer from the indie community and mentioning them each week on the show where you can find their stuff. Um, our patrons will be getting a copy of one of their games or the chance to win one of their games, depending on how expensive their games are. So, cause we have like 70 Patreons. So, you know, we'd be happy to buy a copy of a game for all of them. If it's a very inexpensive game. Um, cool perk. Yes, but That's if great. it's a you know a, a much more expensive game, then we will buy one or two copies and then raffle them off with all our Patreons. Um, hopefully, we will be able to have the designer also join us for a podcast during that month and maybe run a one shot of one of their games. And um, this will not be pay to play like always. Like Happy Jacks does not ever do sponsorships or paid promotion. Um, for game systems or publishers. So we'll be finding designers through reputation or community suggestions, things like that. So we really want to make sure we're featuring little known designers, people who are doing great, cool, neat indie things, who are great people. And yeah, so that's going to be something that's going to be starting up very, very soon. So our first indie designer will be for the month of November. So if you have suggestions, reach out on social media or you can email at happyjacksrpg at gmail.com if you weren't paying attention a moment ago. Eyes appear class. Okay. And yeah, so I'm very excited about starting that. And uh, it's going to be, I think, just another little thing for our Patreons. Our Patreons are what keeps us going. So thank you to all our amazing uh, Laser Patreon heroes. You're fantastic. And uh, yeah, it'll be just like little perks here and there. Our Patreons will also be getting an interview with a, a text interview with the designer as well. So I'll send them questions. You'll find out a little bit of extra stuff, and that'll be posted just for Patreons. 
So thank you all very much. And if you want to join our Patreon before the first designer, you can go to happyjacks.org slash Patreon. All right. I think that's everything. The great job. Thank you. I feel that was awesome. new yeah. and like, I'm excited. I know. Season 31, all new and professional. Yeah. Nothing will go wrong. It will be great. Uh, uh, <laughs> the crash everything. Yeah. The microphones fall down. Yeah. 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 Delightful. Delightful. <laughs> great job, everyone. That's a wrap. And we're done. <laughs> Turn in next time for season 32. (laughs) (laughs) All right. uh, Mailbag number one. Who wants to read the first email? I'll take it. Okay. Hi there, Happy Jacks crew. I continue to love the show in its current incarnation. Thanks again, Kimmy, for taking it on and keeping it alive. Just wanted to write in about the first TPK I have had in a game. I have been playing RPGs for 40-some years, and while I wouldn't say I can remember all of my former games, last night I ran a party in what I'd hoped would be a one-shot using the Trophy Gold rule system, which is a rules-light RPG story uh, story game produced by Jason Cordova. I had one seasoned gamer from my old group, and two new gamers, one of whom I hadn't gamed in 30-plus years, and their wife, who had never gamed at all. Uh, I wrote a scenario based on a reversal of Watership Down with the PCs and their village falling under attack by fearsome eight-foot-tall cleaver-wielding Kerbanag rabbits modeled on the Flopsies from the Gamma World setting. Very cool. The game started fast as I had four hours to run a complete one-shot. We jumped into the game in Meteor Res, with the players facing off against the Kerbanag as they assaulted the player's home village. Since Since we had a limited amount of time to play, I did not do PC relationships up front, assuming, wrongly, that the PCs would work together. (laughs) Instead, oh, the best laid plans. They acted completely independent of each other, often watching one another be attacked from a distance rather than put their own PC at risk. When their player relationships came up in-game, they constructed stories about how they didn't like each other and were actively combative with one another in character. Within the first hour of the game, one PC was killed when he, the husband who was the lone, helpful PC, tried to save another PC who was hiding from one of the killer rabbits in a barrel. Character generation is simple, so he generated a new character and continued play. The party continued to act as three separate, unaffiliated entities that just happened to be pressed together by circumstances. At the culmination of the game, there was a final showdown with the killer bunnies in an effort to recover an artifact they had stolen from the player character's village. While combat is far easier and safer with more than one player engaging, the PCs still fail to act with any sort of cohesion, with one of the players choosing to grab the loot and run off, while the other two PCs were fighting for their lives with the last of the bunnies. Everyone died. I love that they died two bunnies. Yeah. 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 Yep. Good old Watership Down. While the players seemed to be really enjoying themselves, I had fun too. I, and I had fun too. I was puzzled by the total attitude of self-preservation to the point of sacrifice of the other PCs that two of the players engaged in throughout the game. I have never played in a game where the party had zero cohesion, despite one of the players trying several times to help the other two players. One of the combative players, a seasoned gamer, did say afterwards that doing PC entanglements and relationships might have helped form a party that worked more as a party than a group of competing interests. While fun was had by all, it was difficult for me as a GM to watch combatants stretch out and degenerate uh, and 
to watch combat stretch out and degenerate as the PCs left each other to fight to the death in battles that in a one-on-one -on -one context were heavily skewed against the player characters. Trophy becomes more dangerous the longer uh, combats extend, and the PCs seem to be aware that they were throwing each other to the rabbits in a self-serving manner. I've never dealt with something similar in all my years of gaming. Any similar experience or feedback for me moving forward? I would love to hear it. Thanks again and happy gaming, Batman. Oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. Thanks again and happy gaming, Batman. <laughs> well done. Chef's <laughs> no. for that. That was amazing. Wow. Mm. I got thoughts on this. Yeah. Okay, look. As a GM, mm -hmm. you got to be ready to throw out your plans. <laughs> you know, I've, I've done, you know, game writing, and I learned the hard way many times that you can plan for contingency A, B, C, and D, and your party is going to do Q. Yeah. And you just have to yes and and roll with it. As long as your players are having fun, who cares? Like, if that's the game they want to play, if they're having a good time, great. But if they're if they're not having fun and that conflict of them fighting with each other makes it a not fun scenario for the players, then you might have to railroad them a little bit. <laughs> Give them some motivation. Yeah. Sometimes that's just how players be. Yeah. I also wonder, like, it was this meant to be a one-shot. I've noticed players behave very differently in one-shots. Like, especially, like... Play them like you stole them. Like, like just like for that, it's like, okay, I'm going to make sure I survive and I'm going to throw you under the bus. And if that's kind of like the vibe, like you were saying, that kind of gets rolling, especially in a one shot. It's not it's not the same as if they're planning yeah. a campaign where they're going to try and like, oh, nope, I'm going to shove you into the rabbit's mouth so I can get away. That's right. a very different scenario. They don't have to worry about that next session, about continuity mm -hmm. of those relationships for that next session, yeah. right? Or, or Which, the consequences. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. yep. Which you left me in a barrel to the rabbits. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but at the same time, I've seen players do the exact opposite reaction where they're like, oh, it's a one shot. Screw it, I don't care if my character dies and they'll do the dumb. Oh. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think it's important, even when running a one-shot, to just take five minutes to, you know, try to get the players on the same boat. At the very least, like, describe tone, describe, you know, or, or as a GM, mention, hey, listen, I would really, I would like you all to act cooperatively, find reasons to motivate your character to act cooperatively. Mm -hmm. um, For sure. And players still won't... <laughs> You know, they still won't act accordingly, of course, because, you know, everybody's got their own fun, right? Right. I think, uh, yeah, definitely having the connections. Uh, it sounds like you sat down to a very different game uh, than they ended up wanting to play. But it sounds like you had a good time, too. So, I mean, I... You pulled out a win. Yeah. But yeah. it wasn't the win you expected. Right. That's yes. cool. Everybody now, had fun. Yeah. Now, I own Trophy, but I haven't played it. I also have not. Okay, it's this is one of the games where like a week ago I finally got time to like go through my my email box and I went through my spam and I was like, oh oh, I have twenty five games that I've backed on Kickstarter in the last year that are all <laughs> sitting here waiting to be downloaded yeah. in my spam folder. So this is one of the ones I actually got like the, the there's like three of them that go together the of the trophy games and they were all there and downloaded. So I've been like looking through them, but I I haven't played. So I don't know if this is a system. Where you can, like in D&D, &D, if you end up with an encounter that's just too deadly, you kind of start pulling your punches a little or yeah. 
Yeah. You know, if you're rolling behind the screen, if you wanted to fudge a roll. I know some people hate that, but whatever. Or you're just, your monsters. Ooh, you're playing with fire. Yeah, I know, sorry. Or your <laughs> monsters just get like a little, a little less adept at fighting. Their yeah. tactics get a little worse. Yeah, <laughs> they start yeah. spreading out a little more for no apparent reason. Start rolling back that hit point number. <laughs> they start yeah. lining up in front of the wizard with lightning right. bolts. Yeah, exactly. there you go. Yeah. Oops, oh, my bad. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Oh, that was a serious tactical error on my part. <laughs> yeah. Oh, darn. <laughs> um, so you can always do that, too, if you're finding that you have a combat that is too effective and or that the players are not effective enough then uh, kind of nerfing your side is always a, a go-to tactic, which is highly, highly controversial. I get it, but whatever. Have fun. If your players are having a great time all dying, fantastic. Yeah. Just read the room. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> and, like, it's okay to check in with players mm -hmm. and be like, is, like, you guys having yeah. fun with this? Do you like the difficulty? You want me to scale back? or Yeah. You know. It can get really hard when then combat just drags on, though. Yes. Yeah, 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 it can. Yeah, it can. and that gets really hard. And I thought, I, and I might be mistaken, but I thought one of the, the cool things about Trophy was that it was, it's not a rules necessarily, like the rules light systems, but it's supposed to be a little bit more. It's pretty fast. Yeah, it's supposed to be. Understanding. Yeah, so the, if the, the the combats are dragging on, then that, and that I don't know, that seems like something's off a little there. I don't know if like mm. the mechanics are off, or maybe the players are really just that terrible at tactics. Mm -hmm. That seems like or the bunny dice just isn't going their way. Yeah, yeah. It happens. That, that happens. Happen yeah, a lot. Yeah, this could have gone the other way too if the dice was really going their way. Mm -hmm. You know. Yeah, they're just like we've killed all the rabbits. We've yeah. saved the village. Yeah. We've, yeah. You know, even being in disparate parties, we've managed to luck our way out of it. Yeah, I think the important thing too is that. Um, and and I think uh, the the general tone of the story leads me to believe that you know you weren't being adversarial, mm -hmm. uh, which is a big part in you know coming out of that situation. All right, right. Like if you're if you're if you're rooting for your players and, and kind of uh, what's the word not celebrating every mm -hmm. bad role or every unfortunate event that happens sure. to them. You know, if you're commiserating with them, that that goes a long way in, in keeping the things fun. You know? Yeah. So. Now the fun part of this. Similar experiences. I have two. Okay. One was entirely my fault. Okay. Because I was a teenager and I decided to try and run uh. a Star Wars game uh, <laughs> with the old West End D6 mm -hmm, Star Wars. Mm -hmm. uh, That's a good system, though. What? I That's that. a great system. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. I was just dating the timeline. Oh, where, oh, I see. I, was. I wasn't complaining about the game. Oh, I, was... I thought you were like, the West End system. It, no. It, okay. But so... I got this idea. I'm going to sit down and I'm going to run an individual session for each player before everybody oh, comes together. Okay. So, it was like, everybody gets their little prologue and then we have the actual game. And I did that and I was all invested and I had this whole idea and it was going to be so much fun. And then they all get together and one player decides, I straight hate that guy and I'm going to kill him. Uh, and it happened. Like, he was like, oh, okay, cool. And he went into the airlock, and the other guy decides, like, I'm going to roll a thermal detonator in there and push the button. Oh, shit. And I was like, great. Oh, my God. There goes that whole story. Wow. Oh, man. Like, mm, okay, all right. Was the other guy super pissed? Uh, uh a little. Everybody was super tired, because this was uh. one of those situations where 
we would get together on Saturday morning mm -hmm. and play RPGs until Sunday afternoon. Right. And then stumble home half asleep <laughs> in order to... Yeah, but it was a thing, and it just derailed the game. And I didn't know how to pull out of that nosedive mm -hmm. as a 17-year-old. I mean, even now, that's a like, hard one to yeah. pull out of. Yeah. Like, yeah. like, wow. Yeah, but I could at, at that point, I could be like, oh, uh, yeah. okay, well, we're going to give him a chance to notice, you know, that kind of stuff. But yeah. I was, like, just so floored by it at yeah, the moment. Like, I was like, I don't know. Yeah. Um. And then the other time was a con game, so it was a one-shot scenario, and the guy running the game, I've talked about it on the show before, he was running essentially kind of a scenario that was a little bit like Saw, uh -huh. like we we sat down at the table and he's like, okay, no character sheets, you're all playing yourselves, mm -hmm. your inventory is whatever's in your pockets right now, Interesting. like, let's go, and then we started a game and we all got kidnapped away to a horror house full of traps and various terrible things to try and get out of. Mm -hmm. And, you know, like, if you said, like, okay, I'm going to jump up and pull myself up on the banister, and he's like, are you really going to be able to do that? Mm -hmm. Like, <laughs> and I'm like, not me. I'm not, I'm, I'll give somebody a boost. Yeah. That's fine. But in that scenario, he made it so personal mm. to each of us that we had one player at the table that was like, I'm not going to do anything risky. Because, like, it got to the point where, like, decision paralysis started to take over. Yeah. The group. yeah. And so I, as a player, was like, I'm just going to try and push this along. Like, I'll do the risky thing. I'll put my hand in the creepy box Yeah. to see yeah. what happens. And he's like, well, you know, your hand gets hor horribly attacked or, you know, mm -hmm. things happen. So by the time we made it towards the end of the game, yeah. I was, you know, and the, the, he was using um, Dread. For mechanics, oh, yeah. and he'd set up a whole separate table, and everybody had their own Jenga tower. That's and if your Jenga tower fell over, that means you die. <gasps> um, but you know, if something happened and you lost an eye, he reaches in his backpack and pulls out an eye patch, and you have to wear it. Huh. So when you go over to do the Jenga, you've only got one eye, and then. Mm. If you lost a leg, you have to go over there and like balance on one foot and do your Jenga or kneel or. So by the time we got towards the end, I was dragging myself over there in pieces, practically. Because <laughs> oh, I was wow. the one that was like, we just got to keep moving yeah, and get out of this horrible scenario. Yeah. And then the other players around the table all united and were like, no, she does this one. Because she hadn't taken any risks yet. Oh. And she's like, I'm not going to do that. And they're like, get your hand in that box. <laughs> like, it turned into a real... Wow. Like, yeah. And the interesting part oh. was we had two people that had never played RPGs before. Yeah. Weren't even there for the con. Oh. They were just random tourists visiting L.A. And they saw <laughs> what's going on down here at midnight <laughs> after we'd been out and had dinner and drinks. And then we came back and we're like, can we play a game? And everybody's like, sure. sure. <laughs> Come on in. And they were the most into it. They were just totally on board. Like, okay, yeah. But yeah, it was it was weird, and it got real contentious towards the end. And I was just like, I didn't mean for it to be like that. Mm. And everybody else is like, shut up, you're doing good. <laughs> I'm like, okay. That's scary. Yeah, there's some boundary issues there. Yeah. That's mm, not good. Others? Other stories? I, I don't have any. Actually. Oh, I mean, I've never TPK'd. I haven't, I haven't TPK'd. Mm -hmm. I, uh, I've very rarely gotten into a situation. Well, or actually... Okay, um, uh, 
points of contention between players. Um, I run games for a couple of nonprofits. Uh, we run for kids. And so I started running a, uh, a kids on brooms game. And uh, as we, yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, we've got three kids. Uh, I establish uh, the circumstances. They're all kind of in their bunks and, and we're doing this sort of, you know, uh, morning routine scene, right? Um, so they're waking up in their magic school and um, I tell one of the players as part of the mystery, oh yeah, things have been disappearing. Like you, things have disappeared from your room since you got here yesterday. There are some things, you know, they were there yesterday. They're not there anymore. Nobody's been in your room. Um, at least not that you know of. And immediately just off the bat, the other two kids go, oh yeah, my familiars took them. <laughs> you know, my familiar took them. And then the other kid goes, okay, my familiar took them too. And so this is, this is like session two after we've been creating characters. And I'm like, I don't want to say no. You know, the point of it is that they get to tell their stories and, and they get to craft who sure, their characters yeah. are. Uh, and so I kind of just go, okay, here we go. How do you feel about these, you know, these familiars taking all your stuff? Um, and uh, it, it started their relationships off pretty roughly. Um, but, you know, through a little nudging and a little guidance, we were able to at least make it past that and get to the rest of the game. And, uh -huh. and I think I got to the point where, um, I got the character that was being that were, who had stuff pilfered to the point where, um, that character was able to, um, um, just discover a secret about one of the other characters. And that was enough for them to kind of say, okay, you know what, that evens out the scales a little bit. So, yeah. yeah, it's, I think the trickiest thing about a situation like that, just like you mentioned, you know, is that um, during that Star Wars day, just Star Wars game, you, you probably just didn't have the experience to be able to kind of like, yeah, you know, for sure. And, yeah. and, and improving through situations like that is often something that just comes with running the game over and over and over again and running Practice. games over and over again and just practice. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And luck. Yeah. And part of yeah. it's just like how much sleep you got that night or whatever. You yeah. Just, is your this brain is in the point yeah. to think of a thing that will fix it? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> um, and it's interesting because, you know, I ask a lot of folks what their barrier for, for entry into running games are, into, game, you know, GMing and a lot of things. You know, what they say is I'm just not quick on my feet. It's I'm not very good at improv. And that is a, that's a muscle you can practice, you know, you can exercise. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So don't, don't, don't let that stop you. The only way you're going to keep on working on it is by doing it. Yeah. So it's such a kid thing to do, though. Like, mine did it too. Yeah. 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 Just a bunch of kids are the most unpredictable. It's like half of my days. Someone did this. No. And then, like, yeah, oh, I want to do that too. It's like, oh my God. Yeah. They think differently from us. They do. They do. They do. Oh, it can be harder. But, uh, so or speaking straight. of improv, yes. like, you actually reminded me of a time where like, so I, I used to do this show with Knox Burf called Dungeon Master. And it was a um, kind of like a LARP on stage where like all the actors were NPCs. It was semi-scripted. There were beats to hit. And then we had six players come up on stage and they were the players in the episode. And you will probably hear me talk about the show a lot because I did it for several years. Um, and you reminded me of a child who we once had an episode who uh, kicked a guy in the nuts because he grabbed him. And the kid got scared, and the kid didn't realize this is an actor. Don't do that. Oh. Um, anyway, uh, so I don't have any like horrible TV. Real life, that's my that. purse. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> Pretty much. Um, so I wrote an episode. It was loosely based on uh, the worst witch. 
Mm. If you ever saw, okay. we call it the shoddiest sorceress. And at the end of the episode, I was like, I was like the Winifred character. I was the klutzy, nerdy, like can't do anything right witch. And the party had to help me get through all my classes. And as part of the story, there was this guy who was just like the cool, silent type Ferguson. And I had a huge crush on him. And oh my gosh, can you help me like become friends with him or help me like woo him? Um, and the way it was supposed to go was that I had this arrival who was going to use a love potion on him. And we were going to have a fight. And in the end, he was going to be like, I'm not a prize to be won. How dare you? And like go off on his own, which was kind of a cool twist on it. And so that was supposed to be the end of the show. Supposed to be. Um, so we get to the scene where it's, you know, the school dance. And he's he talks with one of the players. And then he turns to me. He's like, hey, you want to, like, go out? And I was like, that's not supposed to happen. <laughs> What's happening? He's, he's not, that's not how the ending's supposed to go. <laughs> Turns out that one of the players, like, pulled him aside and handed him 20 bucks. <gasps> And he was like, <laughs> and the actor was like, yeah, I'm playing a teenage boy. If someone would hand a guy like that 20 bucks to yeah. go out with a girl, he would do it. So I was like, sure. okay, we're changing the end of the show. I guess we get together at the end. And like I said, sometimes you just got to wing it yeah. and do the players what you want. Go for I'm a big fan of rule of cool and rule of comedy. Just mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. go have fun. Player agency and all that. Yep. And sometimes you just got to grab the steering wheel and get a big twist and uh, adjust your course <laughs> yes absolutely oh man um i i don't think i've had like a like full tpk and a game that was like serious like we've done one shots that i think they yeah. are very similar to this where we're like eh, it's a one shot like go for it um one of my favorites that where it really gets kind of extreme behavior is sometimes 10 candles when you play 10 candles and it's like you know you're gonna die at the end anyway like, that's the point of the game. There's no way out of it. And sometimes that's very freeing. Mm -hmm. And so I've had some really fun experiences that are similar to this. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I don't, I, I don't feel like I need to share a story. A lot of people have heard the stories I was going to share already. Mm -hmm. So, and we've had lots of good stories. So, And if you want to hear the story, you're going to have to go back through every single episode of the Happy Jacks <laughs> podcast, now available. Season 31. <laughs> da, da, yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. All right. Thank you for writing in so Thanks. much, Batman. Um I'm a fan. And... You know, that's got to be hard for Batman to schedule games. Like, yeah. man. But can you imagine the setup, though? I know, yeah. Oh. He's definitely got, like, the like, full set. The LED table. Yeah, yeah oh, yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. He works nights. Like, Alfred yeah. there, like, right. painting 3D-printed terrain. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> it's all it's happening. Alfred's sure. the dungeon master. He's no. Like, um... Master Wayne, it is your turn. Yeah. Did you look at your spells while you were waiting? No, you did right. not. All right, Mr. Wayne. <laughs> I feel like Bruce would be the GM. Yeah, he's got it. He's yeah. a control freak. With like yeah. the whole Bat family. But, like, like every all voice would be the same. Children. You know. Like, yeah. <laughs> look, yeah, this yeah. is an RPG stream we can make. Yeah. Like, Batman runs a, a or, session or game. Or yeah. is it like Batman runs games for the Justice League? Right. Like, yeah, that's, right, right. It's an RPG waiting to happen. It's, I feel, yeah. Uh, yeah, I feel like of all the Justice League, he wouldn't be the one who was into RPGs. Like, I feel, I don't know. I, I don't feel like that's his vibe. I can see Superman being super into that in, like, kind of a goofy, dorky way. Well, I mean, it might be fun for him to not be invincible. <laughs> like, exactly. <laughs> like, I'm going to play the... I'm exploring a character. Complete, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 
that's Batman <laughs> like that's RPG fantasies to yeah. have powers like you know like, non gadget uh, related powers. It'd be like damsels and dice, like Kaylee's show, mm-hmm. yeah, but just yeah. with superheroes. I sure. like this idea. I'll be like, call her, be like Kaylee. So for your next show, Superman <laughs> runs a game with the Justice League. Yeah, we'll make so millions. Oh my gosh! Yeah, and now I'm like, oh, now I'm like spiraling off into like, okay, and then I know. But what? <laughs> There's there's something there. Yeah. There's Hold on, Batman. Which NPC is talking? Of course, it's the princess talking. Yeah. <laughs> this is the princess voice. Every voice. This is the Duke voice. There's just a dragon. Voice. Haven't you figured it out yet? And he does a team where he's talking to like two different characters. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't know what's. Doing. It's just him going profile. What do you mean you rolled maximum for your HP? Swarming. Uh, anyway, sorry. Sorry. He got his no. good friend Bruce Wayne to record a bit. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, Bruce couldn't make it again. Oh, oh, that guy oh. Just never had some time. I know. Uh, oh, so good, good lord! Oh, oh my gosh, he did actually run a game dressed as Wonder Woman one time. That was nice. fun. So, and it was a Justice League game. So That's very awesome. Um, all right. Email number two. Oh, I want to do this one because it's right. about LARP, and I LARPing. do a lot of LARPing. All right, here we go. Uh, hey y'all, Jolene here, and I just listened to season three, episode 18 with a LARPing horror story, and it reminded me of a story of my own. So this was pre-pandemic, as most gaming con stories of mine are, and, may- and maybe started back in 2016, uh, where a friend and I both talked about how the LARPers always look like they're having so much fun, we are, and that we've never LARPed before. So we agreed to do our first LARP together, and we have, like, a buddy. Oh, and they would have a buddy. Uh... And then the next con rolled and a 7th C LARP was going to be run. I love Three Musketeer stuff, so we both signed up for it. I decided to play a basically French swordman, uh, but with my mask presentation and a very deep voice at the time, you can guess others were having the disconnect between the player and the character. The character had some backstory given to it, the Emperor's bodyguard in love with the daughter, and the premise seemed to be the Emperor of France is having a birthday party and he, uh, and he's going to kill his traitorous daughter at the celebration. But once, it's, So I'm guessing this is a small LARP when they're giving you that kind of motivation. Um, okay, but once it started, the people running it were like, it's okay, a party, wait, go make it. Wait, 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 pause. Mm. So... LARP expert. What, yes. what makes you say that? Like why? Um, because normally with a larger LARP, you don't come in knowing characters and knowing what's supposed to happen. Oh, okay. So I it sounded it sounded like this was done at a con, which would be a one shot. So oh. it'd be like, here's the premise. Here's you. Sometimes they'd give you goals, and oh. so like, here's the thing that you want to accomplish. Otherwise, do whatever you want with the character. Oh, um, that's huh. that's how why I assume it's something small. That's interesting. Yeah, that makes um, sense. Let's see. Where was I? Okay, but once it started, the people running it were like, it's a party, go mingle. So it felt very directionless. I'd never LARPed before, so I was like, uh, what do I do? That is a very common question for new LARPers. That's like mm-hmm. my ultimate like like nightmare. Mm-hmm. You're at a LARP. It's a party. Go talk to strangers. Good luck. That's and you're just like, <laughs> but, oh, God. Damn it. Okay. Okay. Well, this person bought it, brought a buddy, which is a good thing to do if you weren't sure. So you yes. have someone who you know you can you know mm-hmm. you can play with. All right. Uh my friend got involved in this whole plot to kill the Emperor, and I was left in the dark about so much, just resolving to be like, stab the Emperor in the back because it would be something, right? Uh the problem arose when I realized <laughs> that despite this being a LARP, all the rules are just 7C first edition rules, aka the game with 500 plus skills. 
and ultra-powerful NPCs, so everything that the Cabal did to kill the Emperor was stymied by the powers of the NPC and the person playing him. In the end, the Emperor died? Uh, but there was no body, <laughs> so whatever. Uh, my friend was annoyed, and I did not have fun. Next con, they are running again, so I signed up again. Maybe this time it would be different. Uh, I like that optimism. Yeah. I, this person gives them a lot of chances, and good yeah. on them. No, my question is, like, uh, like, was her friend annoyed at her, or was her friend annoyed at the situation with the Emperor? Like I'm a little or confused. Both. Or I, both? I think they were more. Like annoyed, I think they were annoyed at at how yeah. it was run. Okay, this okay. sounds like it was a a problem with how it was run. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, next time they were running again, so I signed up again. Maybe it would be different. This time I thought, oh, maybe if I get a wig, that would help with some of the gender confusion. Mm -hmm. Again, play the game, and luckily no confusion. But again, same rules, kind of aimless. Did not have fun. Mm. So, uh, signed up again. And went all out, full costume and wig, the same results. I was having fun bantering with the other characters, but as a whole, the sessions were meh. Though. So, oh, hey, I flipped the wrong page. Fourth time round. Uh, I got a friend to do some makeup for me. She said, don't worry, I'll be subtle with it. Sadly, this time, had my least favorite wig and outfit, but again, the same results. I'm not sure if I like this LARP. Yet I still signed up for it in February 2019, which could be the last time they ran for obvious reasons. Mm. Nobody can say you didn't give it the good yes. old college oh, try. Good on you yeah. for giving yeah. it a try. You gave it a try. Yeah. There are lessons to be learned here, and we can talk about that after. Fifth time's charm. <laughs> like me and fate. Oh. Yeah. oh. All right. I went all out. I did my own makeup, went very femme with it, and had my best wig on, and even bought some breast forms to wear. I loved how I looked, and I got many compliments from friends, too. The game was, again, meh. In the last session, they added a character from Rokugan, and this time what? it was... I, I don't even know what Rokugan yeah, okay. This time it was it's like Legend full... Legend of the Five Rings. Yeah. Yes, it was full Legend of the Five Rings in 7th C, and folks, they should not be blended. The styles do not mix. In my opinion. Hmm. I don't think it's just your opinion, sweetie. No. All right. Afterwards, my friend said, uh, every time you play this game, you say you're not sure if you like it. Why do you keep playing it? Well, a year after that, I came out as trans. So there's the happy ending to playing this game that wasn't really fun, but I kept going back to four reasons. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. So game-wise, uh, after every session, the people running it would talk about uh, oh, we're also running a Werewolf the Apocalypse LARP later on, and here's the Facebook group where you can continue the story between sessions. I joined the Facebook group, and I can tell you they brought up the Seven Seas exactly zero times since I joined to the date of their last game. Anyway, I hope you enjoyed this pretty easy-to-figure-out story, love, Jolene. Update. Uh, so I mentioned the Seven Sea LARP was using first edition tabletop rules, and, like, the second game went and... Oh, wait. Second game, I went and looked... And the LARP rules officially exist for that game, and they are way easier than whatever we were using. And I'm eternally baffled why they went with the tabletop rules, the full-ass character sheet. Because mm. LARP and tabletop run very differently. Yes. So. Maybe that's just what somebody knew? Like, mm. it seems I'm good. guessing it's a lack of experience. Yeah. Because... Some tabletop things can work with LARP, and other things can't. For example physical representations of physical capabilities mm -hmm. like yeah i in my larp i play a sorcerer who can walk through a wall can i do that in real life can no oh. no unfortunately i mean not without a lot of physical pain and damage to a building <laughs> um, 
But, yeah, you know, there's some things that are easier to represent in a tabletop because we're using our imaginations and our characters can do things that maybe we physically cannot do. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's really cool to explore your gender through LARP. I've had friends who I met at LARP who came out as trans after knowing them for a year or so because they took time and they explored a new gender as their character. And they're like, yeah, I really like this. I feel comfortable in this. And they've mm-hmm. been so much happier since. So good on you. Um, you have a lot of patience to give this LARP a try. Um, it is not your fault or the player's fault. This is definitely a poorly run LARP that just, I mean, maybe they were new at it. And sometimes you have to do things wrong before you can do it right. Yeah. It gave you a yeah. a great way to, to explore, though. And that's mm-hmm. one of the best things yeah. about tabletop games is it, too. It, it also lets you kind of, like, do mm-hmm. that exploration, mm-hmm. but without the costumes, yeah. which is... I'm, I'm constantly torn about that because I love costumes, but I also love not putting costumes on right. for two hours mm-hmm. because it's a very long process. Especially doing makeup, wigs, contact yeah. lenses, all that stuff. Um, oh, so this okay. reminds me of, of a of a story that I have um, about a, it was a, a Vampire the Masquerade LARP Ooh. and it was here in LA and a bunch of my friends did it. And to start this game, they give you a character to play for like your first three games before you can make anything original. And I was like, okay. So I got my stuff, and it was actually a very difficult character to play. So I had this really cool outfit. I figured out my character. I go there. Everyone was super nice, lovely people. And I had a great time for about two hours, and then I was bored. Mm. And I realized that, like, they gave me this impossible task of, like, oh, you need to confront the prince about how they killed your child. And I'm like, we're in Elysium. What am I supposed to do? (laughs) I can't hurt them yeah like do you expect me to call them out in front of her like what do you want me to do it was it was a rough scenario to be thrown into and sometimes the larp just isn't for you mm-hmm. and it's not that larp as a whole isn't for you but sometimes that particular larp is not for you yeah vampire larps not my thing tabletop games love them yeah um post-apocalyptic larps there's there's a huge national one called dystopia rising i hear lots of good things about it I just have no interest in zombie apocalypse LARP. Nope. It's not my thing. Nope. So what I would advise is like continue exploring LARP. Just do a different one. <laughs> mm-hmm. See what else is in your area. All else fails, start one yourself. Yeah. Start something that interests you. And it's it's a lot of work. You gotta be prepared for that. And usually a lot of drama. But it can also be a lot of fun and very rewarding and a great way to yeah. build a community. Right. Well, and Jillian has great uh contacts and knowledge uh, of safety tools too Mm, so that's a fantastic way to start if you're gonna if you're gonna start a LARP being an expert on safety tools and running Mm -hmm. games that are welcoming and safe for players is a fantastic place to start so I I would I would be in Jillian's LARP yeah (laughs) happy jacks the LARP Oh, that's a LARP. That, no. Yeah, we don't I've want. I've been playing that game for <laughs> yeah. a lot of years. We want Happy Jackers to LARP. We don't want Happy Jacks the LARP. The LARP. That would just be okay. us sitting and drinking and yeah. probably yeah. burping into the microphone. <laughs> we don't do that anymore. I have to say, my hopes upon the rock. <laughs> I know. I actually I approached someone to be a guest this season on the show. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say who they are. They were like, well. Is there still burping on the show? And I was like, well, no, not really anymore. Then I will be on the show. <laughs> it's like, oh, wow. Maybe it's something that just grosses them out. No, you know, absolutely. Totally fine. And it, it is a, a point that has come up in many a review 
But it was just kind of funny that that's like so our brand. That you, <laughs> it's like people are just aware of it. It's like, eh. uh, we're slowly changing mm. as I drink more. Okay. Y'all have any LARP stories or thoughts? I, I've on? never LARPed, actually. Really? Well, drag you into my world of LARPing. I, I tried one once and it was absolutely horrific. Mm. And I was like, yeah, nope, going back to dice. That's a happy place for me. That's fair. I mean, but I would suggest, you know, if, if you hear about something that if your friends are doing it and they're having fun, that might be a, a good place to start. Like, I used to hate D&D and tabletop games because I had really bad experiences when I was a teenager. And I didn't come back till till I was in college because I heard about, about my friends having so much fun at their game. And I'm like, I want to have fun with you guys, too. And then I tried it. Now I love it. And here I am today playing, yeah. doing this podcast with the rest of you. So, yeah. Now, do you, you think, yeah. do you think, Dave, you'd be, you'd have a different experience now that you've done Renfair for a bunch of years? I don't think so. No? Like, okay. it was, it was horrific in a lot of the ways that we don't like things to be among people. Like. Oh, okay. But it was, so it wasn't the LARP, the, the idea of LARPing. It was well, like the, the, the LARP game itself terrible. was bad. Oh. And then the people were also bad. Oh, that's okay. a terrible combo. And it was yeah. just all bad. Yeah. There wasn't ever, like, I was never engaged in a story. I was wandering about in a park. Hmm. And I was like, I'm looking for, because basically I was given, like, find this person. They will help you on your journey to do X, Y, and Z. Hmm. I don't even remember what the points of that were because I never got there because I never found that person. Oh. I spent four and a half hours wandering around like a 15 acre park trying to find that person who I don't know if they just didn't show up that day. Like, oh. I, oh. Nobody could help me. Nobody pointed me. And I would go ask people like, hey, have you seen anybody that looks, you know, like they've got tall white hair and they do magic? And I was told, oh. no, I don't know oh. who you're talking about. And I'm like, oh, okay. Well, good luck. Have a nice <laughs> I'm day. I'm off to find the next group of people. Oh, what was yeah, the genre, if from... you don't mind me asking? It was fantasy. Fantasy, yeah. fantasy LARP. We should all, like, en masse go to a LARP, like a big LARP, so we don't ruin everybody's day, as, like, a massive extended family. And, like, all we were just, like, have characters that were all, like, the second cousins twice removed of so-and-so and, like, just, like... And we just all call each other cousins. Yeah. Like, oh, cousins! <laughs> in the LARP that I'm in that I just started dragging... Well, I didn't drag Nick, too. It's just coincidences going. Um, there's a whole group of people, and they're, they're like, traveling nomads and stuff, and they all call each other cousin anyway. You know, mm -hmm. we're all family, so there you go. You can be yeah. part of that caravan. We all have, like, an obnoxious last name. That's just like mm -hmm. super fun. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I'm afraid. I'm excited. I could talk about LARP forever, but we have another mail that's okay. item, don't we? Whatever. Yeah. Meh. <laughs> we'll get to it. All right. Mailbag number three. All right. <clears throat> Dearest douchebags, I'm bringing it back. Uh, I have a question for you regarding problematic powers which I found to interfere with player enjoyment and verge on the loss of player agency. While this is mostly couched from a D&D perspective, I feel like it can apply to other systems and genres, at least to some extent. I already kind of agree. There's, there are problem things like that. Hmm. Uh, over the years of both GMing and playing, I've kept a loose list of powers, abilities, and effects that have either driven me nuts as a player or strike me as dangerous to player enjoyment. Uh, the general theme is that these tend to be... Powers which don't give the players many or any abilities to respond. 
and thus lead to turns navel gazing and or fretting over how they don't seem to be seem to have any way to respond. Uh, most of the examples are going to be tactical and combat oriented, but I feel like they can apply even in other areas. Basically, anything that turns your turn as a player from a choice between various good options of action to being forced into inaction and or sing a single bad action. Mm -hmm. uh, examples I run into include uh, invisibility and darkness powers, where players are unable to even target an adversary with any of their own powers or attacks. Uh, even if encounters aren't actually difficult, this kind of thing wastes precious spotlight time for the players as they're largely unable to do much, mm -hmm. other than maybe burn down the room or something similarly drastic. <laughs> uh, even in non-combat situations, the players may feel their confidence privacy has been violated if an invisible enemy spied on them and is unusually well prepared for them, or something like that. Uh, number two, excessive speed or flight, where, similar to above, players are often unable to reach or affect their adversary. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Just some guy flying overhead, like, I've got rocks! Ha <laughs> ha! You can't get me because none of you brought a bow! Yep. <laughs> That's why you always bring a sharpshooter! Yeah. Uh, <laughs> now I want to play that character. <laughs> What's your attack? I fly over people and I drop rocks. <laughs> Pretty good. That's uh, great! That's great! <laughs> it's, it's perilously close to my Mr. Smiley that I played for... I guess that was kind of a LARP, uh, the the superhero court that we did yeah, at the con. That, that was a LARP. Yeah, yeah. It totally was. Um, so it was that like... was benef that was positive, but I I play, played a guy that was just completely invulnerable. <laughs> so he was a supervillain because he just didn't care. <laughs> like he's like, I I need some money. I'm gonna go take some money. What are you gonna do? You gonna put me in jail? All right, I'll just wait. I'll get out eventually. <laughs> <laughs> That was that was a pretty amazing. That was a that was a very fun. Like, I guess yeah, it was a LARP. Yeah, but it's like also a weird improv exercise. It was a very yeah. cool but weird thing in the middle of the night at a call. Yeah. Uh, all right, number three. Sorry, back to your points. I'm I'm here. I swear. Yeah. Uh, immunity to damage, where players have the satisfaction of hitting an enemy only to have that achievement yanked from under them. While typically there's some workaround, i.e. don't use the fire spells you're specialized in, or that great axe, but do use your 1d4 silver dagger on the werewolf, or cold ray on the fire elemental, uh, this can make your level 10 character feel like they've regressed to level 1, which usually isn't much fun. I think back to one of the horror stories earlier in Season 30, where players were getting frustrated not being able to damage invulnerable enemies. Yeah, that, that's I mean, rough. That, that's what invulnerable means. Mm -hmm. Like you're sure. yeah. You're gonna get tired eventually, <laughs> and then you're gonna get it. Step on your foot, it'll be great. <laughs> Watch out! You're gonna stub your toe on my leg. I want to run a game where everybody has one, like mostly useless attack, and that's the only thing you can do. <laughs> and you have to figure out how to work as a team to down the bad guys. <laughs> uh, back to the recurring discussion earlier in season thirty imprisoning players and or taking away their stuff. I was here for that discussion. <laughs> Well-timed. Uh, oftentimes, this has the effect of mechanically de-leveling them or rewinding the progress they've made thus far in a campaign. Uh, <clears throat> I distinctly remember being a player in a D&D &D campaign with three to four fighters, paladins, bards, thieves, and one cleric, me, 
uh, where we were, were where we routinely were fighting flying invisible immune vampires. <laughs> Just that's so specific. And generally had no way combo. to do anything about it. Yeah. 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 Just the GM like, you know what? You guys are too successful. You know that like his list just came from that one game. Right. Yeah, the one yeah. encounter. Like he's like, I hate invisible things and flying things. And flying yeah. it's, it's this one specific what? horrible day. Yeah. That's all it takes, right? Well, this is from the DM's perspective or the GM's perspective too. Is yeah. why do I keep pitting my players against invisible, flying, and vulnerable vampires? He did that. The one stat block I have. Yeah. No, I. <laughs> it's, it's a funny idea. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, hey guys, guess what's in the room? Flying. Doesn't look like there's anything in the room. <laughs> <laughs> Was that a rock? That <laughs> And you just hear giggling from the ceiling. <laughs> That's going to be really creative. Like, uh, can I roll to see if I ate garlic for lunch? Please? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, your players are just constantly dousing themselves yeah. in holy water baths. So. Uh, There's still more. There's more. Yeah, let me finish. Let me, I guess, before I, I gotta keep it together. Here we okay, go. Breathe. <clears throat> Even in other instances where your players may have some utility powers, sometimes they feel stressed about when to memorize certain spells just in case they run into something like this. Either you end up prepping to, to combat some particular challenge, and you don't have to use it, but now you're missing some other capabilities which would have been more useful, like damage or other utility. <sighs> I sometimes use these judiciously if I know one or more of the players has ways to get around this. Scrolls of glitter dust, night vision goggles, speed or flight options. But even then, you run the risk that players forget they have it or didn't memorize that spell that day. I don't necessarily avoid these entirely, but I am generally hesitant to use any of them. Obviously, there will be ways to use these things effectively, but I'm usually loath to risk it. Uh, note, my concerns about these abilities are solely from the perspective of the GM. If players have or use similar capabilities, I'm all for it. Mm. Yeah, okay. Uh, I'm curious if you, A, have similar things you avoid, B, have suggestions on how to use these powers without leading to player frustration, C, feel that theater of the mind or more narrative RPGs, like PBTA, etc., are less susceptible, uh, D, you fun do you fundamentally disagree with the premise of this email, uh, or E, is this just a decent example of why things like D&D's fancy and magic system are bad? Thanks as always, Steve in SoCal. Hmm. Okay. I don't disagree with you, Steve. There are powers that are a problem. I tend to run into the powers that negate player agency myself yeah. as the ones that I try and avoid the most. Right? Like mind control and things like that. They suck. Like, uh -huh. it's not fun for the player. The rest of the party doesn't dig it because now they're like, oh, I can't trust anybody. And it, you just end up wasting a whole session. Yeah. Um, my fear about mechanically difficult things to deal with are if you don't give them a heads up ahead of time, mm. then it's always going to be like that. Right? Like, if you know that they're go like, all right, party, you're hired to go take care of this nest of vampires on the edge of the city. 
And here's some things you might know about vampires. Okay, right? But if it's just constantly springing the flying giggle pack on people. During, like a random like encounter. Just, invisible yeah. flying <laughs> giggle pack. Invisible Throwing up our vulnerability. Yeah. Flying giggle pack. <laughs> then that's, that's the issue, right? Like, most player groups would have a way to deal with one of those problems. Yes. All of those problems simultaneously, you keep cutting down the percentage of people that can do anything, and then people get upset. It is kind of the problem with a lot of the tactically combat-focused games, because if you don't have anybody in the party that can do that, now they have to figure out a workaround, which sometimes is fun for them to try and, you know, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. jury-rig up a way to make it work. Like, okay, well, we're going to put together this ballista with your silver knife on the end and shoot it in the sky or whatever. (laughs) Like that's that's cool, right? Like you just gotta think outside the box. Yeah. 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 I think it's important to stretch your party and and to to make them face challenges, things that feel challenging to them. Things that are a little bit out of their wheelhouse. Mm -hmm. Um as a GM or a like DM specifically, that seems this is a a thing that you run into a lot in Dungeons and Dragons, is you have to be, you know, careful when you're putting together a combat situation. Mm -hmm. Is you have to really like, okay, what are my players capable of? What are, you know, what baddies do I want to throw at them? So, like you were saying, you, you have one or two of these things that are challenging that they, you know, can overcome. Either because you give them a heads up, like, you're fighting vampires. You have to see a wanted poster with a vampire on it and you go there. Um, I don't know why I became Bane for a second. I think we're just on this, like, <laughs> yeah. Batman-like Batman theme. Yeah. But, um, but I think you also have to be really careful that you're not coddling them. I think that you have to, mm-hmm. you know, have those challenges. So, you know, like you said, one is fine. And yes, sometimes they're annoying. And it can be annoying if you're the player who's not going to be super effective. But honestly, like, the player who is super effective is probably not the one who gets highlighted very often. It can be just as important to have those challenges so someone has their moment in the spotlight of being, Mm -hmm. you know, the the hero. So sometimes you have to, you know, help one and, like, make... play into some of their other disads for the other players. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with you on a lot of that because mm-hmm. reading this, I was like, oh, I'm in the D category where I fundamentally disagree with the premise because if I'm fighting something and it has no special skills, no special abilities, it's going to get real boring real fast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I yeah. personally, I don't like when fights are too easy mm-hmm. and when we always win and no one ever gets downed. Like, Part of the fun of role-playing for me is getting my ass handed to me. Mm-hmm. It is fun to go down. It is fun to be on the brink of death. It is fun to be in danger. Because mm-hmm. that's not something you get to have in real life. Mm-hmm. I like that thrill personally. Mm-hmm. So if there's no challenge of having conditions sometimes, like I would get very bored. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If, 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 if monsters or opponents don't have a shtick of some sort, right? And you're kind of just trading blows and trading yeah. blows. And I hit this and they hit back and I hit back and I hit back. Especially when it devolves into the Shaun of the Dead, you know, don't mm-hmm. stop me now. Like, just when you're just all standing around hitting the thing. Yeah, kind of wailing on something. That's not right. fun. Yeah, right? that's not particularly Am I going to be the one that gets enough damage to kill it this time? Right, right. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. Um, I generally don't have things like that that I avoid. Um, but I do try to think of uh, just other ways to to alter or ramp up a fight. Mm-hmm. Um, if for some reason a creature ability or a foe gets problematic in that way where the players just can't touch them. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, 
I run a lot of pre-made modules, and so sometimes that can be kind of tricky, um, you know, because circumstances are kind of written. But but oftentimes I found that even when I'm running something that's already been written, uh, if I'm going to like mold an encounter, I'll add environmental stuff, just some things that the players can use. You can't you can't hit that vampire, but you can you know there's a pillar over there, and this character with the 18 strength and probably push it down over it, mm -hmm. you know, to pin it down at the very least or something like mm -hmm. that, you know, so. Oh, look, a brazier. Maybe if you yeah. light it on fire, yeah. somehow draw the vampire to now you yeah, have fire. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. That garlic delivery cart. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. Challenges yeah. are great, but you also have to give them potential solutions. Sometimes. Yeah, exactly. Because oh, it's a steak factory. <laughs> you know, how happened to be. Oh, you didn't know. You ran into the building for safety. Yeah. It's just wooden stakes all I mean, over the place. I don't know. Yeah. There was a good point brought up. This actually happened in my D&D game last night where we were told, oh, we're going on the road. We're traveling. We thought it was going to be a chill episode because we just had a bunch of combat recently. And it turned out we were fighting these elementals and there was a storm and it was a whole big thing. And I'm sitting there with my cleric and she's like, I did not prepare the right spells for this. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that just happens. Like, that's the gamble you take as a mage. Mm -hmm. You don't always know what you're going to fight. Sometimes you do and it can be very well prepared. And sometimes you don't. And that's just how the game is. Mm -hmm. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Are we, are we done with that? Or, I mean, there were a bunch of questions so. at the end there. Um, Some of the things you want to avoid. Have I, suggestions how to use these powers. Answer to number C for me. I feel like PBTA and those kind of games, that doesn't happen. Yeah. Because it's just about everybody's just coming up with something. Yeah. Right? <laughs> like, okay, well, uh, you know, and then if you were playing PBTA against invisible flying immune vampires mm -hmm. or whatever, however many adjectives they have mm -hmm. uh then they don't get to do anything unless the party rolls badly yeah. mm -hmm. right? like they're not that scary until you guys do something wrong like okay well, well then let's come up with a plan mm -hmm. you know I'll, I'll throw you up there and you can grab it by the neck and pull it down <laughs> or you know i'll get this bar stool and stab it four times with the legs mm -hmm. yeah. you know whatever <laughs> Sometimes when you do the one thing out of the box, it doesn't mean you can repeat it. Like this happened on Castoffs mm -hmm. last week, which is the which you can watch here on Happy Jacks RPG <laughs> Saturday <laughs> nice nights and on our, on our podcasts. Um, thanks. <laughs> I get paid. No. Oh damn! It was it was invisible imaginary five dollars yeah. for everyone listening. It was real. in game um, currency. They yeah. know. They know. <laughs> yeah. but, um, so we it's a pirate adventure and a kraken attacked our ship. And I play kind of a bard who's all my skills are more social skills mm -hmm. and like distraction and um, a little bit of crowd control. I don't really have combat skills. And I'm like, how am I supposed to help? Uh, and then I, I got this idea to like take some gunpowder and put it in a bag and I dropped it on one of the tentacles and I used my little like flash paper to set it on fire. Cool. That worked once. The Kraken was still alive. Now what do I do? <laughs> So I really had to think out of the box. And sometimes you need to be prepared to have encounters that can be inclusive for all your players. And mm -hmm. sometimes that's not going to happen and they just have to think. And if if you find that a player is in that situation where they're like, there's nothing I can do, you as the GM can do some deus ex machina or you can mm -hmm. like, oh, look, this thing that you, you happen to notice this thing over here. Like you said, there's a pillar you can knock down. Mm -hmm. Like you as the GM can read the room. And like offer ideas and offer, you know, 
clues of other things they can do mm -hmm. so they can feel like they're a part of it. Yeah. yeah. The worst thing I think you can stick your characters into is just a plain old room, right? Yeah. Like if you're going to lead characters into something, hey, have, have there be a box or a couple of barrels in there. Mm -hmm. You're in a cement square cube. Yeah, room. yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Theater. There is a door leading out and the, the door you came in from. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Let's go nuts with a fight. No. Find a light bulb. But you know, sometimes yeah. people will get creative. Yeah, yeah. And that's actually the, the big problem I had when I tried Fate so many times, mm -hmm. was how many times the game system devolved into, okay, there's the bad guy over there. It's going to be really hard for us to, like, I don't have anything I can do well enough that mm -hmm. I can take out this big bad guy. Mm -hmm. So now it's going to turn into this game of, we're all going to sit here and create, like, this... Uh, incredibly unlikely Rube Goldberg machine <laughs> of plus twos until we have enough that mm -hmm. we can do something. So, like, I'll be like, okay, well, he happens to be standing next to a pile of turpentine rags. Mm -hmm. Okay, plus two. Uh, and then the next person has to be like, well, and he's standing underneath the skylight, and, you know, the building next door is on fire. And there's a plus mm -hmm. two. And then the next person, oh, well, you know, he's forgotten that he's wearing a big, long canvas trench coat that's covered in wax. Oh, okay, there's another plus two. And then the final person goes, okay, uh, I pull down the rope with the flaming brick on it, and it lands in the turpentine rags and lights them on fire, and then it lights his coat on fire, and then he's struggling, and he doesn't know what to do. Then we can tackle him. It's like, that's a lot. I, <laughs> I don't, I don't want to spend an hour coming up with these incredibly unlikely things mm -hmm. to make the bad guy go. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's a like as a GM, you got to find that balance between letting your players be creative and come up with a solution and you also still not letting it go completely off the rails and giving mm -hmm. them some clues. Sure. Um, doing Dungeon Master, sometimes, you know, as the, the NPCs, we would know what's supposed to happen and what the solution is for the players. And if they can't get there, then it was on us to lead them there. Yeah. Like, yeah. hey, maybe if you cast a spell to do this, that might help. Wink, wink. Or, hey, what's that over there? Oh my gosh, do you see that thing right there? They're like, maybe the players didn't notice. Mm -hmm, so, mm -hmm. you know, as a GM, you got to kind of balance that out. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You sneak in that, that whole like, oh, yeah, by the way, make me that wisdom perception check mm -hmm. um, for reasons, you know? Yes. Hint, hint. The other side of the coin, mm -hmm. you can provide a scenario where the apes from Planet of the Apes are on horseback and they're chasing down the players. And the player that's playing Indiana Jones looks at the ape on horseback and goes, I don't know. I don't think there's anything I can do here. And we're like, you're Indiana Jones. You have so many things you can try and do to this ape before they shoot you. Like, what? Yeah. Do you, you want to try and shoot them? You have a gun. Yeah. You want to try and use your whip? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, As a player, though, sometimes... Sometimes I want to make suggestions to people. I'm like, oh my god, the other thing to do is to do that. But at the same time, it's not my character to play. Mm -hmm. It's yeah. it's there. Yeah. So like, how do you how do you figure out like when to make suggestions mm -hmm. versus stepping on someone else's role? Right. Mm -hmm. So I say give them a try, and then maybe if they ask for help or they need help, you're like, oh hey, yeah. you have this, you have that. I constantly forget that my D and D character has like the ray of frost. Oh, sure. I think I've sure. used it once, but because I, I don't use it. Yeah. And then someone's like, you have Ray of Frost. Oh, yeah. Okay, I shoot him with Ray of Frost. <laughs> I can't fight this fire elemental. Yes. 
1d6. And slow them down. And slow them oh, down. Yeah. I just forget that I have it. <laughs> yeah. All right. Are we set? I think so. Okay. All right. So I did go uh, deep diving down the games that I think the Justice League would play. Oh. oh, so uh, Blue Beetle would 100% just be a straight D and D nerd, like old school <laughs> DM, a little bit of a little bit of like a rules lawyer, and like a little bit like combative, but not too bad. Um, Harley would run Fiasco, uh, Batman would run Champions because he just gets to make his dream team. Uh, mm -hmm. They wouldn't have to be adopted of orphans, right. and like you just be able to make, and they'd all have superpowers. Um, Dick would play Thirsty Sword Lesbians. So uh, Wonder Woman would play Starscape because it's all about trust and like that stuff. And I'm just saying that because it's my game and I want her to play my game. <laughs> um, and I think Superman would play Monopoly. <laughs> <laughs> that would be great is if they were all playing like Kids on Bikes or Tales from the Loop where they have no powers. There's kids in there. No power. Yeah. Wait, you mean I can't? Wait, no. Wait, what? Yeah. How do you want after that guy? Yeah. It's a role-playing game, everybody. Yeah. Isn't it cool to I not be yourselves? I can't communicate with the fish in the tank. Yeah. The, the problem Wait. that I had, I, I ran Tales from the Loop for youth. Yeah. And they were just, like, not able to grok it. Oh, sure. The, yeah. the whole concept that, like, kids could go on an adventure, like, and do yeah. things without mm. adults around. Like, it just didn't work. Yeah. yeah. They were just like, well, can we go get the police or our principal? <laughs> and I'm like, no. You really, like, this is a problem you need to deal with. <laughs> Why? I would deal with this by going to tell my mom. Right, yeah, and telling the authorities. <laughs> yeah, when bad things yeah. happen, you, you go to an adult, so I'm not huh. stupid. I'm, I'm too young to figure this out. Therefore, I yeah. don't. Yeah, I mean, that's just that's being fascinating. I've never even thought of that. I've never yeah. played those games with kids. Yeah. I've only ever played yeah. with adults. So, yeah. It yeah. Was, yeah. It, without people that have the experience of, like, envisioning that Goonies and mm -hmm. the Brat Pack and, mm -hmm. you know, right, the, right. those movies and stuff from, from the 80s where, like, or living through the period where, like, yeah. You could okay. just ride your bike out. Yeah, it's a, town. it's a summer yeah. day. You're just gonna go out, and yep. then you just knew you had to be home when the streetlights came on. Yeah, for dinner. yeah. Like, yep. That's, that's <laughs> kind of without <laughs> that experience, they just didn't didn't work. <laughs> All right. Thank you for joining us for season thirty one, episode one of the Happy Jacks hey. RPG podcast. My name is Kimmy. Uh, my name is Courtney. My name is Jay, and I'm Kadeem. <laughs> Um, thank you to our chat mod, James V, and to our amazing Patreons who keep us ad-free and independent. If you want to join their amazing ranks, you can go to happyjacks.org slash Patreon, and you'll be getting some goodies with our Indie uh, Designer of the Month in November pretty soon. And yeah, please also send us emails. We need emails. Uh, happyjackrpg oh, uh, happy at gmail.com. That's the email address. And today we're going to leave you with a song. We're going to leave you with a song called... The pub that we call home, it's by a group called the Poxy Boggards, and they are longtime friends of the pod. And uh, yeah, so enjoy, and we will see you next week. Bye. Bye. Bye, everybody. <laughs> Well, allow me to tell ye of a place dear to heart Of each sailor and soldier, both slovin' and smart Each face in that place is familiar and warm Where each traveler weary retreats from life's storm Tis this pub that we call home And from her we
and suffering the chafing of my lung when it rode entombed in the womb of this free house in Bath. Her walls provide shelter from my wife's wicked wrath. Tis this pub that we call home, and from her we oftentimes may roam. But our respite will find in a pint, maybe nine, in this pub that we call home. In the hours when life sours and I'm weary and beat, to the hopping and coughing I need to retreat. With a pale cup of ale and my good mate's concerns, I'm rested yet leery till the battle returns. Tis this pub that we call home, and from her we oftentimes may roam. But our respite will find in a pint, maybe nine in this pub that we call home. With the raging of aging in my up the floorboards and dig me a grave as you rouse and carouse for an ale on the floor if you listen with care you may hear me cry more more this pub that we call home and from her we oftentimes stay wrong but our respite will find in a pint maybe nine in this pub that we call that we call home and from her we oft times may roam but our respite will find it a pint maybe nine in this pub that we call home this show is a product of the happy jacks rpg network the mary seuss performed our intro music and our ending song was played with the express permission of the artist Visit happyjacks.org for more information and to find all our streams and podcasts.